began our reading in the first verse. And the Bible said, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home. Thank you. Be seated. Our fathers, we come this morning. We thank you, Father, for the great singing today. And uh, Lord, as we come today, uh, Lord, we probably need to repent, uh, Lord, for our spiritual response, uh, Lord, to the great singing today. And uh, Lord, our hearts have uh, grown cold and, uh, Lord, accustomed to the ways of the world that uh, we get to the house of God sometimes. Lord, it's hard for us to get connected with heaven but I pray that, Lord, that You'll connect us with heaven today. I pray those that are saved today, and they truly are, that they might feel the tug from another world. And Father, those that are not saved, that they might realize that they are not saved, and they might realize they're lost and where they're headed. And Lord, today they might hear the reason and the way that, Lord, that they don't have to go to hell Father, we thank You for all the many years of blessing. Uh, we ask You to bless us today as we stand to try to preach what You've laid upon our heart today. Oh God, may the Holy Spirit come and search our hearts deeply and work within us thoroughly. And may we respond in a positive way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. John Howard Payne in the 1800s wrote, Home, sweet home. And the words forbid pleasure in palaces, though we may roam. Be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. Uh, a lot of people thought Dorothy come up with that in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Uh, John Howard Payne wrote that in the 1800s, and it become a theme for those homesick Civil War soldiers uh, that they would sing while they were out there on the battlefield. Everybody needs a place they can call home. Uh, amen. Uh, we have many homeless people today on the streets and all across the country. We have many homeless people and how sad that that is. And uh, like the first people that was ever here, the devil has beat them out of their home. And uh, many people have no home. Satan has robbed them of a place they can call home. Everybody ought to have three homes. Uh, uh, first of all, you ought to have an earthly home. 
Uh, the Bible says if this earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we know that's talking about the body, but we know we need an earthly home to put that body in. We need a home like Jesus told that uh, maniac of Gadara. And he said, go home. And uh, so at one point in time, he had a place and he had somewhere that he could call home. Uh, we need a place like Jesus from the cross in His dying moments. Uh, he looked down and He saw John and He saw His mother. And He said, John, behold uh, thy mother. And the Bible said, and from that moment uh, that John took her uh, into his home. Uh, I'd like to preach a sermon, but I don't know where I could find the information if I can't find it in the Bible but what a home John must have had. Did you ever think about it? Uh, of all the homes and all the people, uh, uh, Jesus said, John, you take my mother uh, and uh, you take her to your home. What a wonderful home John uh, must have had. I do know this. Uh, uh, John being that disciple of love. I'd say John's home was filled with love. Amen. We need an earthly home. We need somewhere like Zacchaeus took Jesus to when he said to Zacchaeus, today I must abide at thy home. Everybody needs an earthly home. Everybody needs a church home. You need some place that you call home. Amen. A place like David spoke about when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up unto the house of the Lord. A place like David remembered in a negative way. But David said, we took sweet counsel and we walked in company into the house of God. I'm telling you, everybody needs an earthly home. Everybody needs a church home. Amen. A lot of people have no church home, no place where their membership is. I read the paper a lot of times and it'll be an obituary and it'll say they attended so and so. Or it'll say they were of the Baptist faith or some other faith. I never read those that I don't wonder if they was really saved or not. They may have been, but I wonder about it sometimes. I tell you, everybody needs a place where they can say, that's my church. Uh, that's my home. That's the place uh, uh, where that I belong. Amen. Uh, uh, but then let me say this. Uh, uh, everybody needs a heavenly home. Amen. Uh, uh, like Jesus talked about, uh, uh, Jesus said in my Father's house, uh, our many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go away. Uh, I to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I will come again unto you and bring you unto where I am. Amen. Uh, everybody needs uh, an earthly home. Do you have one? What kind of home is it? Uh, uh, everybody needs a church home someplace uh, uh, that you can say, I belong. Uh, uh, that's where I'm at. That's where I need to be. Amen. Uh, uh, everybody needs a church home. Uh, and everybody needs a heavenly home. Uh, if you're not saved by the grace of God, uh, 
If you've never been convicted of your sin, you're not saved. Until a person gets convicted and realizes they're lost, they can never get saved. If you've never been convicted of your sin, I'll say that probably you've never been saved because salvation starts with conviction. Amen. You see, salvation is a pardon. Amen. Nobody ever wants a pardon that's been convicted. Not been convicted. Amen. But when the Holy Ghost arrests you and lets you know you're lost and dying and going to hell, that's when you start seeking a pardon. That's when you start seeking salvation. Amen. But I'm talking today about everybody. Everybody. They need an earthly home. Everybody needs a church home. Everybody. They need. You see, a lot of Christians are like the people you see out on the street. When it comes to a church home, they're homeless. They just hobo around from one place to the other. But I'll tell you, if you never have an earthly home and you don't have a church home, you better make dead sure you got a heavenly home. Amen. I'm preaching this morning on when people go home. When people go home. I'm looking at three places in the Bible this morning that I want to preach just a little bit about these people. The first is found in the book of Ruth. Oh, I love the book of Ruth. And someone said, if you'll take the R off of Ruth and put a T there, you have truth. And the book of Ruth is full of truth. But the Bible said in chapter 1, said, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, uh, there was a famine in the land. I think that's kind of where we're at today, don't you? The judges are ruling. And uh, the Bible said at the close of, of uh, Judges, the Bible said in the 25th verse, uh, uh, that everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. Uh, don't you think that's about where we're at today? Uh, uh, everybody does what's right in their eyes. Uh, uh, but mister, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, we have a Bible that says what's right and a Bible that says what's wrong. Uh, it don't matter what the president said, the judges says, the Supreme Court justice says. Uh, it don't matter. It, what matters is what this Bible says. Amen. Uh, uh, but they were doing that that was right in their own eyes. Uh, and the Bible said there came a famine in that land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judea, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of the wife was Naomi. And the name of his two sons, Milon and Chilon, uh, Ephraites of Bethlehem, Judea. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the woman of Moab. The name of the one was Ophrah. And the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Milon and Chilon died. Also both of them, the woman was left and her two sons and her husband. And then she, Naomi, arose with her daughter-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in that country of Moab how the Lord had visited His people in giving them bread. And then we go over into the 21st verse. And the Bible said there, 
And I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again. I'm talking this morning about this widow woman, Naomi. And there came a day when Naomi arose, and she went back home again. Amen. Can I tell you why Naomi went home? Naomi went home because she had reached her limitations. Did you know that we all have limitations? Uh, we all, if you go go across the bridge, uh, uh, you'll notice on the end of that bridge, uh, uh, it'll say the weight capacity, and it'll say on that bridge uh, uh, how much weight that bridge can hold. Uh, uh, you can't see it, but stamped upon every one of us, uh, uh, there is a weight capacity. Amen. Uh, uh, there's only so much we can hold. There's only so much we can stand. Uh, and I believe that sometimes uh, uh, God lets us reach our limitations uh, uh, so that we might return back home. Amen. Uh, uh, we have all quoted the Scriptures uh, uh, to others and others have quoted it to us uh, in times when we don't know what else to say. Uh, and we'll say, well, God uh, uh, said He wouldn't put no more on us uh, uh, than what we're able to bear. The Bible didn't say that. Uh, uh, that's what we say. Uh, the Bible says that God uh, uh, won't put any more on us than what we're able to bear uh, without uh, uh, making a door of escape. Uh, uh, you say, preacher, you think God had put more on us than what we're able to bear? Well, all I know is the Apostle Paul said uh, in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, uh, he said, I was pressed out of measure uh, above the strength, he said. Uh, in other words, he was pressed upon so much weight upon him uh, so much that he couldn't even stand it he, he despaired of life uh, you say what happened God intervened amen uh, I'm telling you listen it ain't no problem for God uh, uh, to put more on us than what we're able to bear uh, uh, but the thing about it is when we get under that kind of limitation that kind of load uh, uh, we need God amen uh, uh, to come uh, come underneath us with His everlasting arms uh, and hold us up and help us through. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, first of all, uh, uh, she began to build up these limitations. Uh, I, I don't know if you're away from home. I don't know if you're away from your earthly home, your church home, uh, and certainly you're away from your heavenly home. Uh, but I want you to know something this morning, uh, uh, that God sometimes lets us reach our limitation, uh, uh, that we might realize uh, uh, we need to go back where we come from. Amen. Uh, I want you to know this morning that the Bible said there came a famine in that land. Uh, uh, that famine did not come down in Boab. Uh, uh, that famine did not come went down to the place where they went out of the will of God. Uh, uh, but that famine came in Bethlehem. Uh, let me tell you something this morning. Uh, uh, God can send a famine in, uh, uh, down to Bethlehem. Uh, God can send a famine in, uh, uh, in the place you had left yet. Uh, uh, God can send a famine in. Uh, I tell you it may dry up around here. I've seen it do that before over 41 years. Uh, it may dry up. The preaching get dead. The singing get dead. Uh, 
Uh, the testimony is getting non-existing. Uh, uh, but sometimes God uh, uh, sends a famine down in the land. Uh, uh, he sends that famine to see if you're going to run away somewhere else. Amen. Uh, uh, a lot of times when a church gets cold and a little bit dead, uh, uh, people start going somewhere. Else, uh, uh, looking for greener pasture, amen. Uh, uh, looking for a better place. Uh, uh, but sometimes God, uh, He sends a famine down in Bethlehem uh, uh, to see if you're going to stay there. Uh, and the Bible said Elimelech didn't stay. Uh, uh, the Bible said Elimelech took Naomi and their two little old boys, or their two boys. Uh, and the Bible said they went down uh, uh, in the Moab. Uh, can I tell you something this morning? Uh, uh, anytime you leave home, uh, uh, anytime you leave home, uh, I'm talking about home church. Uh, I'm talking about an earthly home. Uh, anytime you leave home, uh, you put yourself in danger and open yourself up uh, uh, for God to help you to reach your limitation that you might come back. Amen. Uh, there was a famine and that happened in Bethlehem. But then they got down into Moab and there was fatalities. The Bible said Naomi's husband died. Hey, some of you dear widow women sitting around here today and you know what that is for your husband to die. But then the Bible said Mylon and Chilon, uh, uh, the only two boys she had, uh, that they died. Uh, uh, they, some of you sitting around here uh, uh, that knows what it is uh, uh, to give up a child, to give up a, 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 a loved one, to give up uh, one that's younger than you are, to give up one in your own home. Uh, uh, well, the Bible said there came some fatalities. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, when Elimelech died, uh, Naomi ought to have said, we're going back to Bethlehem. Amen. Uh, but you know, some people won't go back. Uh, uh, they won't go back no matter what God does. There's uh, a man come up here years ago. I got here early for Sunday school, and I was sitting out on the porch uh, and uh, this guy pulled up and got out of his truck. Uh, it was in the winter time, and he got out and he come up there, and he said, do y'all help folks? Uh, I said, well, I don't know what kind of help you need. Uh, he said, they've shut my lights off, my electrics off. And he said, uh, I said, how much you need? And he said, $200. I said, tell you what, I said, you come back, you stay for Sunday school, and you'll take, stay for church, and we'll see what we can do. He said, all right. He said, I got to go go home, but I'll be back. I said, okay. I called Sister Cheryl. I said, Cheryl, bring a check for $200. I said, this guy stopped and he's coming back. And I told him if he'd come for preaching Sunday school, we'd see if we could help him out. I, I got to preaching that morning and forgot all about it. I, and after service, Sister Cheryl come up to me and she said, Brother Rick said, uh, what happened to that guy? I brought the check. I, I said, well, I guess he'd rather sit in the dark the rest of the week and have to listen to me preach for an hour. Amen. I, I want you to know there's some people like that. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, but God, uh, God sent a famine down there. God sent fatalities down there. Uh, and it was bad. Oh, it was bad. Uh, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, us human beings, we have a way of making things bad when they're maybe not that bad. Uh, 
uh, but it's like the like the police officer that pulled up on a bridge and a call he'd got and he pulled up there and there's a man on the bridge like a uh, like a you know a big bridge Golden Gate Bridge and he pulled up there and he said hey buddy he said don't jump off it can't be that bad he said come on sit in the car and let's talk about it a little while and he said the man got out, got off and come over and he got in the car and after about five minutes said both doors open and they both jumped off the bridge. Amen. Well, sometimes it is that bad. Amen. But most of the time it's not that bad. But it's bad down in Moab. It's bad. A famine came. There's fatalities. She's lost her husband. She's lost her two boys. Amen. But then God sent that first alert. You say, what do you mean? You know what first alert is? Brennan knows what first alert is. Amen. God sent a first alert. You say, what? It swears it out in verse 6. He said, For she, Naomi, she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited His people in giving them bread. I want you to know there'd come a famine and there had been fatalities. But Naomi's reaching her limitation. Have you ever reached your limitation? Have you ever went as far as you can go? Have you ever said, I've got took all I can take. I can't take no more. That's where Naomi was. And God sent word down there. And you know what the word said? God's a business people. Uh, the Lord said, Naomi, you better get back home. Amen. Uh, uh, do you know songs about home uh, and sermons about home? They usually hit home. Amen. Uh, uh, why you take uh, uh, you take Eddie Arnold, that green, green grass of home. Uh, uh, I tell you, if you ever listen to that, uh, it'll make you homesick. Amen. Uh, uh, why you take you take that Merle Haggard song? Uh, uh, that Merle Haggard song, uh, uh, sang me back home before I die. Amen. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of them like that. You take that John Denver song, uh, uh, Country Road, uh, uh, Take Me Home. Uh, all those songs, uh, uh, they have to do with home. Uh, and there's a, there's a home and censor down in us. Uh, uh, there's a home and censor that whenever, if we've ever, now we're living in a generation and a lot of people don't know nothing about a home. Uh, uh, but I'm talking about if you ever had a good home, a godly home, a Christian home, uh, uh, amen, there's a censor in there. And when you hear them songs uh, about home, there's Bill Gaither's going home. Going home, I'm going home. There's precious memories and old home scenes from my childhood in a fond memory appear. And I believe God spoke to Naomi and she's already about at her limitation. And Naomi says, I'm going home. Amen. I'm going home because I hear that God's still back there. I hear that God's still blessing back there. I hear the famine is over and God has given His people bread. I hear that God is there in Bethlehem and the 
Spirit of God is still there. I, I tell you, good day, thank God. I, I, when the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart, I, and the Holy Ghost said, Go back home, amen. I, I go back home, amen. I, I'm telling you, listen, I, I've had several folks that have tell me that God has told them over 41 years, uh, uh, God said, go back to Bethel. Uh, uh, that's what God uh, uh, told Jacob. A lot of times I'll get these delinquent, wayward church members that drop out of church and they get mad at me or mad at God or mad at my wife or mad at one of you. They quit coming, amen. And I'll see them in a restaurant or Walmart, most time at a restaurant. I seen one a few years ago. And he waved at me and I waved at him. And I got a napkin off the table and I wrote something on it and I took it back and I folded it over. And when I went by him, I laid it on his table. I said, how you doing? He said, not too good. I said, read what's in that napkin. And when he opened that up after I left, it was Genesis 35 and verse 1. Arise and go back to Bethel. Amen. I, I'm telling you, listen, I don't know where your church home is, but you ought to get to it. Amen. If you got one. I, I tell you, everybody ought to pray about where God wants them to be. And they ought to be there. Amen. I, I, but Naomi, Naomi, Naomi. I, I, she said, I've reached my limitation. i got to have some help. I, I'm going back home. Amen. I, Naomi reached her limitation. And she said, I'm going home. In Luke 15, that very familiar story, in verse 11, said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his subject's rights living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty, mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. But you know, God can send a famine right where you're at. It don't have to be on everybody, just where you're at. And he said he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him under the fields to feed swine. And he would vain have filled his belly with the hus, not the corn, but the hus that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father's house. House emphasized by me. We know he had to have one, amen. We know there was a place where they were brought up, where they were raised. And Naomi may have went back home when she reached her limitation. She couldn't take no more. But this wandering prodigal boy, he went home out of desperation. There's nowhere else to go. Sometimes I think God lets us reach desperation by inspiration so that we'll get back home where we need to be. The Father's house here being an earthly home, Jesus called the church my Father's house, heaven my Father's house. He said, uh, he said you make my Father's house a den of thieves. Listen, I want to tell you something. Anytime you leave, are you listening? Anytime you leave, 
the Father's house. You are making a mistake. Now I know earthly speaking, there comes that time when you have to leave home. It's the will of God. God said a man shall leave his mother and father and he shall cleave unto his wife and the two shall be one. There comes a time when we, earthly speaking, we have to arise and leave our father's house, our mother's house. But neighbor, there's many a person that would tell you I made a mistake when I left home. You probably said that after about a week of marriage. I made a mistake when I left home. The jailhouses are full of young men that made a mistake when they left a home that they had a mama that loved them and prayed for them and a daddy that loved them and prayed for them and they were churchgoers and hymn singers and Bible readers and they said, I don't want no more of this. I'm sick of it. But I want you to know you might be sick of church. But there's something out there that you'll get a lot sicker of after you stay out there a while. Amen. You see, this young man reached destination. Everything was good until the money ran out. It always is, isn't it? The boy that went off to college, and he called his mom. He said, Mom, he said, he said I'm failing my grades and I've spent all the, all the school money and I don't have any money. She said, tell your dad. And he wrote a little note to his dad and mailed it and said, no money, no fun, your son. And his dad wrote back, so sad, too bad, your dad. Amen. I want you to know, listen, I, 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 a lot of people make a mistake when they leave home, amen. If you have an earthly home, if you have a godly home, uh, don't be in no hurry to get away from it. you got a good church home. Don't be too hurried to get away from it. You'll find out like earthly homes, church homes are getting fewer and fewer out there. Amen. You say, what was his mistake? The distance. The Bible said he took his journey into a far country. Listen, anytime you get too far away from the Father's house, you're headed for trouble. Amen. Anytime you distance yourself from the church house and the house of God, you are headed for trouble. I tell you what you better do in this kind of a day we're living in. You better draw nigh to God so He can draw nigh to you. You better deep down, deep, deep, deep down, deep in this book. You better pad the pews every time the church doors are open and not be trying to get away from church, but trying to get more church. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen, but that's all right. This derelict living. The Bible said he spent it all in riotous living. You say, what's that mean? Look it up. It means no home, no job. It means public disorder. It means wild, uncontrollable behavior. Like filling our country today. Amen. Is delinquent friends. The Bible said, how you know they were delinquent? The Bible said when he got broke and busted, disgusted. The Bible said no man gave unto him. 
I know it's a parable, but you'll never make me believe that he hadn't spent all his money on his delinquent friends. And you'll never make me believe that that riotous living had something to do with the people that he was associated with. But tell you, you need to you need to get back home. That boy got desperate, amen. He had no money, had no friends, he had no job, he had no food, he got desperate. You know, when I've seen people come back through them doors over 41 years, when they've reached desperation, when the world's quit working for them, amen. Isn't it funny? Listen, isn't it funny? They never liked the church until they get in need. I've never seen nobody laying down in front of these rotten beer joints we got over town. What do you think would happen if they walked into them hog troughs and said, Hey buddy, can you help me pay my light bill? Why, they'd throw them out on their ear, amen. Why do they drop them off at the church? Why do they always migrate to the church? Because they know the church has God's heart. They might find some mercy, amen. We had one dropped off the other day. And me and Caleb and Amanda and Max Helen drove her all the way to Scottsville. No home. Some uh, she got in with some trucker, you know, and they dropped her off. They they dropped her off here in town. She had no home, no way to go. It's pitiful. I tell you, it's pitiful. Yeah. And that lady sung. We told her we'd we'd take her there if she'd stay for the service, and she stayed that night. And uh, and I watched her. She sung every hymn we sung. Uh, she knowed every word without looking at her songbook. You say, what'd that tell you? That told me at one time she had a church home. Uh, at one time she was around where some things of God was going on. Uh, uh, there was something down deep inside. But you know what happened? She got away from God. But you know, she was desperate. They dropped her off after the morning service. Caleb just happened to run by to get some songbooks for the baptism. And she was on the porch. Wonder why she wasn't down there at the beer joint. Hello. Wonder why that she didn't go somewhere like that. I'll tell you why. You say they wouldn't open. It wouldn't matter if they was open. They wouldn't help her, Amen. You say, well, they're good old boys. Well, if they are, the good old boys going to hell and they need to get saved. So I wouldn't have said that. Well, you ain't preaching, I am. The prodigal son went home out of desperation. Well, look here in the back. Let's go back. We've made a full circle. Let's go back to our text. And the Bible said in verse 5, Man goeth to his long home. Now, if you've got an earthly home, you may have lived there for many years. I've lived out where me and my wife lives, raised our kids. We've lived out there for uh, 30 plus years. And I probably lived there longer than what I'm going to live there. You say, what do you mean? Well, I mean... Our earthly homes are all temporary. 
if this earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved. All earthly homes are temporary. Even our church homes are temporary. Linda Reese was one of the first people to get saved in this church. She was the first person to get saved in this church. And she's been here for the whole 41 years. And she's sitting back there this morning. But you know what? She won't always be in this church. And I won't always be in this church. Because earthly homes and church homes are only temporary. But we have a heavenly home. Matter of fact, the Bible said man go to his long home. Long home. Why does it call it a long home? Because you're going to be there longer than you've been anywhere else. Amen. Man go to his long home. Do you ever think about it? Do you ever, ever consider the fact that your earthly home's temporary, your church home's temporary? You've got a heavenly home, an eternal home that you've got to go to someday. I think we're living in a generation that their conscience has been seared by a hot iron. They don't ever think about God. They don't ever think about heaven. They don't think about loss. They don't think about sin. Romans 1 seems like that God may have turned them over to a retrobate mind to do those things that are seemingly what they want to do. You see, if you don't do what God wants you to do, eventually He'll just let you do what you want to do. And that won't end up good. I'm talking about we. I'm not talking about the widow Naomi and she raised her limitations and went home. I'm not talking about the prodigal son, the wandering prodigal son that reached desperation and went home. Now hear me, hear me. I'm talking about we who when we have reached the termination of our life, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Oh, I wish you could drive that home in people's minds. The Bible said it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. We have an appointment with death. Did you ever notice? And of course, in when the when the King James Bible was first put together, the chapter and verse markings were added later. Did you ever notice in verse 9 we have a rejoice, O young man? But in verse 1, chapter 12, we have a remember, young man. I know when you're young, you don't think about dying. But it does happen. It does happen. At any time. I believe that people in America, people sitting in this church this morning, if you're lost today, I believe many times the Holy Ghost of God has come to where you're at. And He said, will you follow me? Will you take me? And one of these days, you say, well, yeah, that's happened a lot of times, Brother Rick. And a lot of times, I, I just went out the back door. One of these days, 
The Holy Ghost of God is going to say, Will you go? And before you answer, He says, Wait a minute. Is this your final answer? Because one of these days it's going to be your final answer. It would be an embarrassment, I guess in a sense, to have pastored a church for 41 years. And everybody here this morning... Be lost just thinking they're saved. And when I give the invitation this morning, everybody in this church came to the altar and got down to business with God and got it settled and know they're saved and said, I know that I know that I know it'd be an embarrassment for me to go out in the community on Monday or call my preacher friends and say, hey, uh, the whole church got saved. Uh, and they'll say, you mean you've been preaching there 41 years uh, and they just all got saved? That would be an embarrassment. But I would be willing to bear it uh, uh, rather than to have people go to hell. Uh, Sit under my preaching for 41 years. Now, I'll just make an illustration. I'm not saying that you are. You and God need to work that out. But you see, death is coming. And once it comes, you see, about everybody here, probably, if you got any church life at all, if you've done any Bible reading at all, if you've done any Bible school, Sunday school, Everybody here knows what Jesus said in John 14, 1-6. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you are also. Remember, Brother Mike was talking. Probably been longer than I think it has some time back, but I've been looking at it different times. And Brother Mike said, Brother Rick, did you ever notice that Jesus said in my Father's house are many mansions? Them, they are already there. Amen. But he said, I'm going to prepare a place Amen. for you. Amen. It seems like that place is something different than them mansions. Yeah. And probably something even greater than them mansions. But he said, I'm going to wait to prepare a place for you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus didn't only prepare one place, he prepared two places. The Bible said in Matthew 25, 41, that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. God made heaven for his, but he made hell for the devils. Amen. Listen, listen. Paul said, Paul the Apostle in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, his swan song, he's going to die, they're going to chop his head off. And Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. Paul said, when this life's terminated, I'm destinated. to go somewhere. I flew a few times. Now notice when you stand around down at the airport and you look at that board and trying to find your flight, it always say, departure time. That's the time you're going to board the plane and leave out. 
And every one of us have a departure time. There's no more to look at. We don't know when it is. But it behooves us to make sure that we know, that we know, that we know. You see, there's a decision. A lot of preachers get mad at other preachers because they, they talk about people making a decision. If you ever go to heaven, you'll make one. You say, what do you mean? I mean, you're going to decide? Am I going to go with Him? Am I going to say yeah? Or am I going to say no? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You say, where's God at? He's, he's the one that set it up so you could make a decision. He's the one He's the one that died and suffered on an old rugged cross. He's the one that paid the sin debt. He's the one that sent the Holy Ghost back that came to your heart and said, what are you going to do? Here, here it is. I, I'm done. I'm done. But listen, here it is right here. You see, there's death. There's destination. And destination is determined by decision. And God put it in the Bible. And I'll just read it the way God put it in the Bible. God said, What shall I do with Jesus? Which is called the Christ. What you do with Him determines on what He's going to do with you. Amen. Naomi went home. This widow Naomi went home because she'd reached her limitations. Maybe that's where you're at today. You've had all of it you can take. And, and you're just coming home today. And you're just shouldering your head on the divine bosom of God and say, Lord, I've took all I can take. Or maybe you've reached desperation. Maybe you're looking at time or you're looking at a situation and you've reached desperation and this morning you like I've seen so many do over 41 years you've made your way down to the house of God you say I need God to do something and any one of us sitting here in this room may be very close to our termination Brother Broughton preached at his church. He had Kenny, Kenny Calloway there singing. And Kenny sung that song, I want to stroll over heaven with you. And there were 300 people in the church and they stood to their feet and Kenny got to singing and they got to hugging each other and shaking each other's hand. And Brother Broughton said he had never had this happen before in his old ministry. He said God laid it upon his heart to shake everybody's hand in that building. He said one by one, he started shaking everybody's hand in that church, big church. So he went all the way back. Said so he got to the end and he looked back and there was a, an older lady that was shaking everybody's hand on the other side. An elderly lady that had been there in the church for many, many years. They finished the great service up and dismissed the service. And 
before the day was ended, that lady that had got up, that older lady that had got up shaking everybody's hand, the Lord had called her home. She sung that morning, I want to stroll over heaven with you. She shook everybody's hand, and the Lord called her home. Folks, we don't know, but I beg of you to take some time to ponder upon that thing of death and where you're going to be when this life is over. Brother Caleb, you come on. God spoke to your heart today. I hope you'll come home today to the Lord.